What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Will Clemente is a finance major at East Carolina University. He has quickly become one of my favorite writers on all things Bitcoin, including deep dives on various on-chain analytics. You can subscribe to Will's new email newsletter by clicking on the link in the description. In this conversation, we discuss a variety of different on-chain analytics, what's been going on with the price, who's buying, who's selling, and what Will thinks the on-chain metrics are telling us about the short-term to medium-term future. I really enjoyed this conversation with Will, as I do with all of them, and I hope you enjoy this one as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Revolut. Let's go back to the basics for a second. I've partnered with Revolut, a finance app in the US and the UK that say they're the simplest way to access crypto. They're putting their money where their mouth is, too. You can sign up and make three card transactions and you'll get $15. That's right, $15. What can you do with the $15? You can exchange for Bitcoin or any of the other tokens Revolut supports. Yep, they are crypto enabled. These guys have made it easier to get some skin in the game. As usual, when you move your money from fiat to crypto, your capital is at risk. So sign up now through revolut.com slash pomp to get a $15 reward and put them to the test. Revolut.com slash pomp to get a $15 reward and let me know what you think. They say they're the simplest way to access crypto. You be the judge. Next up is my friends over at LMAX Digital. LMAX Digital is the number one institutional crypto exchange. They offer clients the deepest pool of crypto liquidity on the planet. It's underscored by 100% uptime track record through volatility spikes. Leveraging LMAX Group's liquidity relationships and ultra-low latency technology, LMAX Digital is the market-leading solution for institutional crypto trading and custodial services. They feature a central limit order book streaming spot Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash, all paired with US dollar, Euro, and Yen. Just cross-connect at Equinix LD4 or over the internet to execute your crypto trading strategy with precision. If you're an institution, you should be using LMAX Digital. They're secure, liquid, and trusted. The number one institutional crypto exchange. Go visit them and learn more at lmaxdigital.com slash pomp. Again, lmaxdigital.com slash pomp. Last but not least is Amber Group. With low yields and looming risk of inflation around the world, it's no question crypto is the alternative. With Amber App, you can easily earn high yields on your crypto assets. Amber App is an all-in-one crypto finance app designed to help you earn, swap, trade, and invest in crypto. You can earn interest instantly simply by depositing assets to your wallet and you receive daily interest payouts. This means earning interest 24-7 with no lockup. You can also customize fixed-term investments between 1 and 360 days to enjoy higher yields with flexible redemptions. Right now, new users can earn very high rates of return on Bitcoin, Ether, and USD stablecoins. Whether you're a long-term hodler or trading on market moves, on Amber App, you can earn interest on your own terms and do more with your crypto. Go into the description, click on the link, and let's see what you think of them. Go check out Amber App today from the Amber Group. Go click on the link in the description and let me know what you think. All right, let's get back into this episode with Will. I hope you enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. 
All right, guys, bang, bang. I've got Will here with me. He is on uh, a little trip, so apologies for not getting this out on Saturday. But, uh, Will, what's going on, man? Hey, Bob, uh, not too much. I'm just taking it easy here in Hawaii, uh, getting a little burnt, trying to get a little tan, but uh, just taking it easy, man. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The uh, the price of Bitcoin is taking it a little easy as well. Uh, <laughs> let's just jump right into this. Uh, we can kind of just start out with, it seems like uh, we've basically continued through this reaccumulation phase, kind of going sideways, and we're really oscillating between like, I don't know, $32,000, $34,000, and $40,000. Uh, talk a little bit about the price to get us started. Yeah, so, you know, we've been in this range between... 32,000 call it to, to 40 K for like well over a month now. Um, and so we, we got that retest of range highs, um, up towards, you know, we almost broke through like 41 and a half K or something like that. And then, um, we moved back down and now we just retested range lows this morning. So, um, still sitting in that range, um, obviously, you know, still until we break out of that range, I think, you know, it's, it's still kind of like a crab market where people are hesitant to, uh, take a directional move. Um, I still think breaking above the 200-day the moving average is, is still really crucial for Bitcoin, um, which which sits right around uh, 42K. And I think to the downside, uh, a, a big level is, is right around that 30K mark as well. Um, so aside from price, I think, you know, kind of in, in the short term, the, the biggest risks to Bitcoin are, you know, obviously the, the legacy system, um, you know, if, if something happens there, then whatever on-chain data is saying or technical analysis is going to be thrown out the window. Um, or, you know, very similar to March of last year where, you know, on-chain looked somewhat bullish uh, and then you know, were heading into the halving and then you had a big legacy financial crash um, and all that stuff didn't matter. Um, and then also, I think the what's going on with China, um, I think they're actually uh, cracking down on the miners. Uh, I haven't seen anything. I, I just checked like 15 minutes before we got on here uh, to see if there was any selling from uh, from the miners. Granted, you know, Glassnode might be missing some of these wallets. Um, and then they also can't account for, you know, possibly like executives at these uh, mining companies that, you know, are facing uncertainty or, you know, they're, they're for the, in the short term, they're not going to have any revenue. So um, I, I think that that plays uh, in the short term um, as some selling pressure. And I think, you know, there's not a whole lot of buys here already. Um, and so um, seeing that, uh, that, that might be uh, to, in part due to why we've seen this, this drop in the last couple of days. But uh, to be honest, I haven't seen anything uh, for sure in the data I'm looking at, but there's always a chance that some of that isn't being seen. Absolutely. And then you started off the letter that we published on Friday uh, with NUPL. Maybe describe what that exactly is and then what you're seeing in that metric. Yeah, so uh, NEPL is it's called um, net unrealized profit loss. Um, so the way it's calculated is you're basically subtracting um, the market cap from the realized cap, or I'm sorry, the realized cap from the market cap, um, and then you're dividing that by market cap. And so what you can kind of get are these, uh, I guess you could call it sentiment zones for like coddling behavior, where you know when you're when you're in the top of a bull market, um, everyone thinks Bitcoin is going to the moon and, you know, it's hyper Bitcoinization. So people stop selling. Um, and so you get these, uh, what's labeled in, in Nuple is, is these euphoria greed zones. Um, and then when, when we're in a bear market, people are, you know, obviously the, the sentiment is terrible. So everyone's selling at that, you know, the second there's a rally. 
Um, and so, in, you know, conversely, you have these hope and fear or, or capitulation zones. Uh, and so, you know, in, in the newsletter, I'd kind of um, identified this, this line. Um, it, it, it's between, between 0.6 and 0.8 in the ratio. Uh, but you see, you know, it, it's been this kind of inflection point where uh, Nupal has bounced off of that um, in between, you know, the 2013 double pumps. Uh, but then also it served as, you know, if once it breaks that, um, you see more, a lot more downside. Uh, in, in 2018, once once it broke through that level, then it was pretty much uh, straight down from there um, in terms of in terms of this metric. So we're, we're really kind of just sitting on that um, here. So, you know, this will be something over the next couple of weeks, you'll get a more, um, you know, distinct uh you know, idea of, of where it's going. But for now, yeah, we're, we're sitting at this kind of inflection point in that metric. Um, and, and that's something that that's, you know, supported by a couple other things um, that, that we looked at in the newsletter that we're kind of sitting at this inflection point. Um, another one is SOPR, which we've talked about many, many times, uh, but we've never talked about long-term SOPR, which is the same thing as just looking at the, the longer term kind of hollowing behavior, um, this kind of like broader cyclical um, behavior versus uh, looking at the kind of short-term SOPR to gauge, um, you know, very short-term corrections. And once again, we're, we're kind of sitting on this uh, inflection point where either SOPR has bounced off this historically, for example, in, in 2013 or in late 2017, um, or I'm sorry, in, in late 2016, uh, but also has served as uh, resistance, for example, you know, at the end of the 2013 bull market, the end of the 2018 uh, and then as well in 2019, when you kind of had that rally that was driven by the, the plus token policy. When you think about uh, MVRV, uh, the, just the simple ratio of market cap to realized cap, what's that telling us? Yeah, so um, the realized cap is something that I think we, we've talked about a few times. Um, it's basically the, the market capitalization, but it's instead based off of when the coins um, were last moved. Uh, this is something that was uh, kind of conceptualized by Pierre Richard and then was really uh, created by by Nick Carter, but the NVRV ratio was created by uh, Murad and uh, David Puel. And so it's a very simple ratio of market cap to realized cap. Uh, and so, you know, when, when I, I ran a 21 day moving average, just to kind of smooth it out. And once again, um, you, we're kind of sitting at this inflection point where, you know, this has served as support in early 2013, um, between the 2013 double pumps, uh, late 2016 uh, and then also towards you know when we had that that drop in in late September last year uh, right before the bull market really kicked off I'm sure some people remember that correction because uh, for me that was like my first big correction because I got into Bitcoin in, in late August uh, so I remember that one that one pretty uh, distinctly but it's also served as resistance you know for example after 2013 after 2018 um, and then also right before the, the March crash, which was interesting. But, uh, you know, th this is another thing where we're kind of just sitting at this inflection point here. Uh, and, and over the next couple of weeks, you'll get you'll get a better uh, you'll get a better, uh, I guess, gauge of, of where that's going. So I think, you know, kind of the, the key takeaway between these metrics is that um, we, we are sitting at, you know, this inflection point. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, I think are, are very crucial um, in terms of in terms of kind of the directionality of, of where we're headed. Um, granted, you know, I, I what I'm seeing in the in the short to midterm um, is is looking bullish uh, slightly, but uh, you know, this is something that we'll just have to watch over the next couple of weeks to kind of gauge the broader trend.
And when you're talking about an inflection point, just for those that are listening or watching, uh, what you're really talking about is we're kind of in this gray zone. We don't know if there's going to be a breakout to the upside or a breakout to the downside, uh, but definitely kind of going sideways here. There's going to be a breakout in either direction. The next couple of weeks is when we'll kind of find that, uh, which leads us to, uh, yeah, there's people selling, uh, whether it's because of uncertainty or realizing losses, uh, but they seem to be all short-term holders. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think this is something we've talked about like the last you know, two weeks. And this is, I guess, you know, a process that it's, it's going to take longer to kind of play out than you would think, um, you know, possibly over, it might even take another couple of weeks from here. Um, uh, but w- what we're really seeing is that all the coins that are being sold are from very young wallets. Um, so Glassnode can separate these using heuristics into uh, the wallets or, or entities um, that are short-term or long-term once they cross a, a certain threshold, they're labeled as long-term, which is, I think, 155 days. Uh, but a lot of the selling has, has come from those short-term holders. Um, and then also another way to look at this, and this is what I threw in the, in the newsletter, is dormancy, which has been trending down for months now. But um, I think, you know, the key thing to look at here is that the, the short-term holders, um, and this is a, this is a process that, that started last week, um, have, have now been offset by the long-term holders buying, which I think is, is key to look at that. Um, you know, the short-term holders had been offsetting the selling from the long-term over the last, you know, call it, uh, you know, three, four weeks ago. But now that's starting to rotate back into the favor of long-term holders. I think they're offsetting them by uh, 5,337 is what I put um, when we put the newsletter out. It might have changed because it's been a day later. But uh, that, so you're starting to see that, that rotation back into, into long-term, um, which is, of course, a good thing. But, you know, one, one thing uh, conversely to kind of, you know, the, the bearish narrative is that we haven't seen any new whales. Uh, I think seeing, seeing new whales is something that um, we're going we're gonna to kind of need to uh, keep, keep a uh, $700 billion asset afloat uh, moving up. Uh, so, you know, we, we've really seen predominantly like longer term market, uh, I mean, experienced market participants um, doing a lot of the buying, but we haven't seen any new large entities coming on chain that would necessarily represent perhaps, you know, institutional buying or something like that. Uh, so that, that, that's something that I'm keeping a close eye on uh, because I think Bitcoin is beyond the point where retail can reasonably sustain this asset granting. You know, like people like to throw out those statistics of like, if everybody in the world bought $10 of Bitcoin, it would go up. But I, I just don't think that's realistic. Um, so yeah, I, at this point, I think you're gonna you're gonna need a, at least a, an uptick in the short term of of those new whales coming on chain uh, to really start to see a, a dramatic price reversal, um, which but that's been trending down for a month or two. So perhaps you know that has to do with institutional buying coming in late summer. I know like Nightingale is doing some stuff there, so well you know that's something once again we'll have to just keep an eye on. But that, that is still trending down. We still haven't seen a, a big substantial uptick in, in new whales coming on chain. For sure. One of the ways that uh, you've talked about this in the past is kind of exchange flows. Uh, and I know that there was a change there over the past week from the, uh, the last few weeks. What, what was that change? Yeah. So, you know, when we had that big sell off, uh, we had a lot of coins that were just kind of puked out. Right. Um, and one of the ways to, to note that was um, obviously the, the price drop, but um, seeing coins, you know, swaps of coins coming on, on the exchanges. Uh, but, but that's kind of reversed over the last you know, week or so. Um, I think the exchanges, when I wrote this, were down about, you know, a little over 15,000 uh, BTC. Um, so y- the metric that I threw in there is called exchange net position change. 
Um, and so that is, is this 30-day change of um, the exchange balance from 30 days ago to now. And that had, you know, that had been going way up as, as we sold off, uh, but it has been trending down over the last two, three weeks. But now finally um, it moved into uh, the, the red zone. Um, so with that's showing, that's showing um, negative exchange flows, which of course um, is showing accumulation because people are moving coins off of exchanges, uh, perhaps, you know, either into wallets or, you know, some kind of custody solution probably for uh, institutional buyers. But uh, that that is flipped into what what resembles accumulation. Got it. And then this also, I think, leads into kind of this Ill- illiquid supply change, right? And so, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something we threw in last week, um, and we had been kind of tracking the trend of this. This had moved down into um, supply had been moving into you know becoming becoming highly liquid, um, but throughout the sell off, but then had slowly been trending back into um, a liquid. Um, so, so this is looking at you know kind of a, I guess you could say strong, t- uh, long-term holder, I'm mean, not long-term holders, strong hands. Right. Um, and so over the last couple of weeks, it's been trending back up into the illiquid zone, um, which is what you'll see the green bar in the newsletter, or if we will throw the pictures in here. Um, but you had this big uptick um, in green. And, and since I wrote that the last three days, um, you've had, you know, substantially higher and higher upticks in that. Uh, so that's another thing that that's resembling accumulation as well. Got it. And then long-term holder net position change, um, that seems to continue to be going up as we've seen over the last few weeks. Yeah, that's that's just really um, another way to look at what we had been talking about that the long-term holders are adding, um, which it, it's it's it, it could be considered bullish or some people can view this as, as uh, bearish, to be honest, because you you see generally that long term holders scale out um, in in the bear in the in the bull market, but then they buy heavily in the bear market. Um, but at the same time, you also had this this um, dynamic that we're seeing where long term holders are stepping in and setting the floor. Um, that that also took place between the 2013 double pumps and then also in in late 2016 as well. Um, so it's not necessarily. Um, some people are saying this is this is a bearish thing that long-term holders are starting to accumulate, um, but I, I don't see it that way because the, they also stepped in um, towards you know the middle of, of the last two uh, bull markets and, and kind of set the floor for the continuation back upwards. Um, so yeah, this is something that I'm tracking. Um, well, we had mentioned that that the long-term holders are now um, offsetting the selling from the short term. I think you know that that's a good trend to to follow. Um, but you know I think the key takeaway here is that. Uh, Bitcoin is, you know, deeply undervalued um, in the eyes of, of mar- you know, experienced uh, market participants, and, and they're starting to, you know, buy discounted BTC. Um, so I think, you know, when you're when you're in an asset like this, um, you should watch the people that have been in for a long time. Um, you know what what they're doing, how they're behaving, um, and this is showing in aggregate um, that the people that have been in the market the longest are buying right now very heavily, and and the people that have gotten into the market recently they're selling. So I think, you know, that's a, that's a, an interesting thing to note. Um, but, you know, this is once again, like this accumulation process um, may take several weeks to play out. You know, it may be something that we were continued through this reaccumulation phase, you know, through perhaps mid July. Uh, I don't know if it'll take that long, but um, it's not out of the cards. I do still stand on the fact that, you know, we're kind of in this latter half of the reaccumulation phase where now we're starting to see things um, flip into, you know, it's not like, bullish, we're going to 100K tomorrow, but 
um, it's starting to flip into um, what looks like strong accumulation and it's still trending in that direction. Haven't seen anything that uh, is showing any, any stop in that, in that change um, where, you know, we, we saw the opposite of that trend into, you know, the, the bottom of that correction. But now, you know, over the last couple of weeks and especially um, in the last week, we're starting to see what looks like, um, you know, strong accumulation and, and it'll be something to keep an eye on into next week. Uh, but I, you know, I think um, perhaps I, no idea about the the short term price action in the next call it week or so, but I think you know over the over the next couple of weeks you you are going to start to see uh, you know more more slightly bullish price action because you you're starting to see um, you know really strong accumulation here um, and and that's that's just trending upwards. Absolutely. The last thing I want to talk about is the NVT uh, signal, which uh, Willie Wu I think famously created. Uh, just explain what this is and then kind of what it's showing right now. Yeah, so NVT is like a it's a very simple ratio of uh, the market cap to the, the on-chain transactional volume, um, and so Willie Wu, um, to be honest, I'm not sure exactly what he did here in this in this new chart that he put out, but um, he created some some kind of oscillator. Uh, I have to ask Willie about that, but um, from from this oscillator that he created, we're we're the, you know in the deepest correction since. Uh, it looks like since uh, after the the 2011 pump, um, the, the bull market. And then also after the, the 2017 bull market. So, uh, you know, in, in on-chain terms, Bitcoin is, is deeply oversold. Um, anybody uses like an RSI or something like that, it's, it's very similar. The oscillator is, you know, beneath what you would call, you know, the range that, that it's been trading in. So I think, you know, you know, key takeaways is, you know, in the short term, um, I don't know if we'll have another leg down um, to perhaps, you know, retest that, that 30K range. But it, you know, Bitcoin is, is undersold and I mean, oversold in, in terms of, uh, you know, on-chain, uh, especially that, that MVT. Um, but you're starting to see long-term holders step in and, and, you know, take advantage of that discounted BTC. And then also we're starting to see, um, once again, you know, following up on last week, continued um, accumulation. And I think, you know, at this point, it's, it may just, you know, be another couple of weeks, but, you know, I, I still stand strong on the fact that we're not in, in a bear market, um, you know, one other thing to note that also kind of resembles that we're in a bull market and not a bear market is the new users coming on chain. Uh, so, you know, after, after the 2017 blow off top, you saw new users pretty much dropped off a cliff. But what we're seeing now is a big uh, spike in, in new users, which are perhaps, you know, attracted by, um, you know, cheaper prices. Um, but I, I would like to see perhaps, you know, like a, a geographical breakdown of, maybe how many of those uh, new users are coming from Latin America. I think that would be interesting. But uh, nonetheless, you, you are seeing this big spike in new users coming on chain. Uh, so, I, you know, that's another thing that, that resembles that we, we aren't in a bear market. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the, the big takeaways here, right, is everything on chain shows that the long-term holders are buying from short-term holders. Uh, it's heavily oversold. Uh, it seems to kind of be going sideways in this gray area where uh, it's either going to break up or down, uh, probably with some level of uh, violence of action. Uh, and the next couple of weeks are very crucial, uh, but we do see still a lot of the on-chain metrics pointing to uh, something that looks highly, highly uh, bullish over the uh, medium to long term. So this is great work. Anything else you want to leave everyone with? Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to just touch on just kind of reverberate, you know, this stuff isn't going to mean that price is going to go up in the next couple of days, perhaps, you know, this is the on-chain necessarily. Um, and this is something I see on Twitter a lot, like people commenting that, uh, and not just to me, like Willie Wu or these other guys, you know, checkmate, um, 
this stuff is perhaps going to take longer than you would expect to play out. But the point is, is that, you know, in, in my eyes, at least I don't want to speak for them. I know Willie agrees with me on this too, but like we, we, it, we're not resembling um, anything in a bear market in terms of on-chain. Um, so, you know, th this stuff is perhaps going to take weeks to play out, but it's not, it doesn't mean, you know, okay, we're, we're starting to resemble, um, you know, Slight, slight accumulation on chain, you know, prices are going to go up tomorrow. Um, this is stuff, you know, you just have to be patient. It's going to take a few weeks in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, um, you know, I, I'm doing the, the newsletter with uh, Pomp for everybody listening. Um, and then, you know, I have my own channel that we're going to start to rotate uh, the Friday newsletter too as well, which goes out on a BTC uh, by wc3.substack.com. Uh, and I, I put out, you know, a weekly update on there as well with, with Pomp, but that, that'll be moved to my, my newsletter eventually as well. So, so um, if you're interested in this stuff, it, it's free. So make sure you uh, sub to that. But um, otherwise, man, I'm looking forward to uh, keeping track of this stuff for you and uh, touch your base next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for doing this, Will. Thanks, Pomp.